Party foul. Or else. I don't know what happened. rock for a bit before we get started all our youtube viewers what's up guys we see y'all hey if you guys are listening in through the tgn latinx station or good news net radio network make sure to check us out in the chat line we'll be checking you guys out as well What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Said Connects. We're coming live from the TGN Latinx station. This is your host, Danny. And for our listeners that's been rocking with us for, for a while, we have a special guest, special co-host in the building. We have Julia that's back. What's up, Julia? Hey. We got to get you in the mic me. there. Oh. It's, it's, Hello. You can tell it's your first time. Uh, in the studio. In the studio. In the studio. In the studio. <laughs> 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 My first rodeo. Yeah, but uh, welcome back, everybody. For those that are viewing on YouTube or for those that are listening on the Radio Network app, uh, this is Danny. Said Connects, Cannabis Entrepreneurial Dialogues, where our mission is to create spaces and people and color of people and brands of color to elevate their stories and educate and empower our communities. If you guys are checking us out, make sure to tune in every Monday at 420. We got a few sponsors that we got to rock out, but we're excited about our guest today. Today's topic today, we got the Canna Moms in the Woo! building today. So we That's got Alisa right. and Jesse also in the space. Um, <clears throat> but first, let's go ahead and let's, let's get this uh, the sponsors out. So first, we got Adora LA. Adora LA is a faith-based community. Their mission is to gather as we are to reclaim faith for queer, POC, and marginalized communities. You can go and check them out. You can check them out on Instagram at AdoreLAorg. Or you could also find all of their information through our Instagram page at CED underscore connects. And then we got our second sponsor, which is La Familia. They were, at, they were here last week with us, but they're the first Mexican cannabis brand. And you can find them at Cookies, Stizzies, and March and Ash, and all other shops throughout the Cal- state of California. Um, and we actually are going to do a little something today, a little something special. And we have some commercials that we want to showcase. And so we're going to go ahead and, and bring that to you guys Right now, so for those that are viewing on YouTube, you guys are gonna get a special view of our first commercial 
that we have to offer and let us know what you guys think. All right, let's do this. That was our first commercial ever Hopefully you guys enjoyed that For those that are watching though If you guys want a commercial break Hit us up on the DMs And we can see how we can make that happen for you guys But moving forward We want to go ahead and uh, We want to bring on to the stage Elisa Espinosa and Jesse Alvarez You ladies there? Yes, hello How are you guys? What's hey, up? Fam. Hello, hello Hey, Jesse. So for our listeners that are listening, we got them coming in all the way from San Francisco and from Oakland. So if you guys are actually viewing this, you're going to see their pictures up on the screen there. So we're doing our first virtual interview. So we're, we're really excited to have you guys here. So thank you guys for spending your time with us. Thank you, ladies. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. For sure. So happy to be here. Thank you for having us. I've been wanting to have you on the on the show, Jesse, for a, for a minute. So I'm glad you're finally here. And for those okay. of you that have been listening to us before we went uh, radio presence, uh, we did interview Elisa um, podcast style already. So y'all are going to be hearing a little bit about her again if y'all heard it before, because these are some very very special ladies. Absolutely. So so let's get started for our listeners. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna bring it back. We want to find out a little bit more about about our guests. So, Jesse, um, talk to us about a little bit about where you're from and, and your upbringing. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'm Jesse Alvarez, um, born and raised in San Francisco in um, the Hunters Point Bayview District. Um, first generation Salvadorian. Um, I'm the youngest of four kids, raised very religious Catholic as a kid, um, very like conservative. Um, but yeah, like just Bay Area all the way. Um, I have a business in Oakland. I'm sorry, I'm hella Latin because I got hella birds in the background. If you can hear that. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Los pollos um, and the okay. dogs. Like we got exactly. this. Exactly. <laughs> all the little pajaritos in the background. Nice. Um, but yeah, um, just born and raised in the, in the Bay and, and just doing business out here. Uh, super Cali girl, I guess. You can, I've, I've lived up in Sac and I've never lived in LA, but I've gone and done a lot of business down there. But I love my state, but home is San Francisco. Nice, nice. And Elisa, what about you? Where are you from? Can you guys hear me? I had a phone call come in. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, we can okay. hear you. Okay, cool, cool. So thank you guys for having me. Um, similar to Jesse, her and I are like sisters. We got the same kind of story, you know. Um, also Salvadorian, first generation. Um, and we, uh, me and my husband, we co-own a cannabis business out in Humboldt County um, called Seventh Wave LLC. Um, and we have the ability with our cannabis business to be able to uh, manufacture, distribute, um, and retail delivery 
um, with with our business. So uh, that's what we do. And I'm hella excited to be here. Um, I was raised very similar to Jesse, like she was mentioning, you know, super um, strict in a very strict traditional, you know, Latino household, Salvadorian household. Uh, my parents came over here to uh, San Francisco in the late, um, actually early 80s, uh, fleeing from the Salvadorian Civil War, which I know, you know, many of us have similar stories to relate to. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how we started out here um, in the U.S. And, uh, you know, I was born and raised in San Francisco. Um, I lived there, you know, my whole life up until recently. Um, we're currently living in Oakland, which is just across the Bay Bridge. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Very excited to have you. And y'all, if um, if y'all do get the opportunity to connect with Jesse, Jesse, aside from everything else that she does, she would make a great tour guide because she showed us <laughs> all the hot spots when we were out there. Thank you. Yes, Jesse. Thank you. It's going to be the next uh, job. Venture. Right there. I'm yeah. Have my own tour guide. Uh, for Go uh, get lost in the city. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For all our listeners, we went back and we went to the Bay in July, right? Or June, July, somewhere around there. And we met up with everyone. And yeah, Jessie definitely took the time out of her day to, to show us around the city. So that was definitely yeah. dope. I like that. It was fun. <laughs> little mural tour. Yeah. <laughs> so ladies, what, what was the message behind cannabis as a child for you guys? Well, for me, I mean, cannabis was hella taboo. You know, cannabis was not spoken about. It wasn't a conversation in our household. Um, it was just, you know, something that I didn't even understand or learn about until um, I was exposed to it outside of my house, you know? So um, growing up, you know, that was my experience. It wasn't anything that was spoken to. You know, I couldn't ask questions. Um, it was just like, don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. And, um, it, you know, once I once I was able to branch out and kind of be like a curious teenager, that's when I really started to learn what cannabis was recreationally. Um, and thankfully for that, you know, that kind of led me down the path to where I'm at today. Wow. So that's my experience. Nice. And Jesse. So I grew up in um, kind of a rougher neighborhood in the city, um, Bayview, Hunters Point, and like weeds everywhere. Like there's. Like when I was growing up, there was like dudes on the corner selling sacks and other things as well besides weed. But um, where because my parents were so strict, like that was like you saw someone smoking or anyone doing that kind of business out there, we cross the street and there those people are you know they're bagels, they're like up to no good, yeah. they're like pandilleros, like don't even talk to them, like don't look at way, like just let's get into the house. Um, so that was the atmosphere that we were raised around. So it was like very like, don't even like associate with that. That's like nothing good will come of it because it's like a gateway drug is how I was raised. Um, I mean, later, uh, that, that was like from very, very young. Like our neighbors would sit on our steps in front of our house and like, you know, break up blunts and leave all the blunt guts in front of the steps. And my mom would be so upset, like, oh my gosh, there's you know, um, blunt cuts on, on the steps. And so now, now fast forward, I was like in going into high school and, and it was like more of a culture. Like there was like more people like it, it was like what you did. And in addition to like, maybe you would have a drink or two with your friends, but this was like also like the, the bonding thing to do. Like when you were in high school, you would go up to Twin Peaks or, you know, uh, or Hippie Hill in Golden Gate Park or, 
anywhere to go kind of kick it with your friends. You weren't really of age to be drinking or doing anything. So what would you do? You, you know, you go and you'd smoke. Um, and I always was super cutty about it because like I said, my parents were not for that. So if we were doing that, you know, you had your whole little kit. I had my Listerine strips, hand sanitizer for breeze, <laughs> gum, eye drops, everything yeah, ready to go back to the house. Like nothing happened, you know, like yeah. acting hella suspicious and hungry. So, um, but yeah, that was how I was raised with it. That, that's funny that you said that because this what on Thursday for Thanksgiving we were at, at some you know friend's house and we went out to smoke outside in the patio and when I came back in Dalia was like wanted to get all over me and uh, one of one of one of the guys there said go grab um what was it a, a a fabric softener sheet and rub that all over your shirt so that you can get rid of the smell and so it just got me thinking like these are some of the things that we need to do. Especially for our kids, and we're definitely going to tap into that and and talk about that. But before we do, we got the chat lines going on. Um, so here in the chat line, we got Sheila saying hi, hey, what's up, Mama? How are you? Hey. Uh, we got Johnny. What up, Johnny? Uh, Johnny's all the way in Texas right now. Um, he says, "Can of Mamas, Wepa with the music that was going on, and then most recently said, "1970s Escobar area." Era fueled the stigma on marijuana and the Latin America war on marijuaneros. Um, definitely want to elaborate on that, Johnny, in a little bit. But, ladies, I, I know that you guys have a big role in the cannabis industry. Um, what exactly are your roles? I know, Elisa, you, you kind of t- touched on it a bit. But, Jesse, what's your role in the cannabis industry? So um, we have a family business. It's me and my brother um, that we started out um, more professionally together. I started out my career uh, right out of high school, but it was not very professional. And it was always like kind of like a side job and kind of like this is would be so cool if I could make it into a career. But I never thought it was going to be reality. I started out as a trimmer. Um, one of my really good friends had friends that their their family owned land up north in Humboldt. And we would go up and and do like trimming jobs. So we'd go up there and learn how to trim. And you'd like camp on the land and you process all the plant. And sometimes oh, they'd be doing different, making different products on the farm. And so that was my first intro to it. And then like, you know, I was dabbling I, with that. I had many other jobs while doing that at the same time. Um, and like I said, my brother um, uh, is in the industry too. But I didn't know that because since we were raised so strict, we were all hella cutty. Like we were trained to be like little spies. Like no one were like, no one knew who smoked in the house. Like later I found out like, you know, my siblings all smoked and I'm like, what the fuck? We all could have been smoking together. Yes. Like, oh, excuse my language. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, potty mouth. We um, but, um, you know, like I didn't know that. And then it wasn't until we were at an, an event. There was like uh, a lot of different uh, farms were there. And they were selling their product. And this was um, in the medicinal days. This is before it was legal, uh, like how it is now. There was no real dispensaries, only medical dispensaries. Um, and I saw my brother from afar. I could, I spotted him. I thought I was tripping, like, damn, like, is that my brother? And I got really, like, paranoid because when I was lit and two, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to tell some of my family. And so I didn't, I didn't say anything at first. And then I was like, well, if he's here, he must be up to something, too. So then I, like, we, we started talking about it and he went big brother on me, like, what are you doing here? And what is this? And this is definitely not, like, 
where you should be. And then ended up being that we knew a lot of the same people and I connected him to people that he didn't know. And he couldn't, and like, it ended up being like this thing where slowly he started introducing me into his world, which was way more advanced than what I was doing. Um, he was working with uh, Dr. Dave Tate, who um, was making RSO for a lot of sick patients. And, and he was extracting cannabis, which I was like, how do you, like, what does that even mean? Um, and so he basically brought me into that world and I kind of like learned the ropes of what extraction was and formulation was for with cannabis extracts. So we learned how to um, extract cannabis with ethanol and um, CO2. So that was like my first real like, um, like my crash course. And we slowly started developing into into a business where we were using all our contacts from different farms that we were learning that I had already uh, contacts with my brother had contact with and we were processing all their trim that they weren't using and making it into oil. And then when that, we started making that oil, we started selling that oil into making different products for tinctures, for edibles. And then we started working on, which when a lot of other people at the same time were working on this too, on making it clear so it could become a distillate and then what you see in the vape pens. So we were not, um, we were, we were in that same process as a lot of other companies that were trying to figure out how to make it into a cleaner wax-free uh, distillate that was more potent. So we went from there uh, and then we started working as consultants to help other people learn how to do that too and different parts of Cali. Cause we were all, our, our business had been based out of Oakland. Um, and then we had buddies in LA, we had buddies up North and they wanted to do the same thing. So we started to do consulting on helping other lab build outs so people could figure out how to do the same thing. Um, I mean, I can go on because we have a lot of stuff going on. I don't want to take up too much time, but no, 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 um, take it. The floor we, is yours, mama. <laughs> but um, from that point on, we we helped a lot of people troubleshoot a lot of different equipment because even though we learned on specific equipment and we were really good at that equipment, when other people were building out their labs, they already had buddies that were like, hey, we like this CO2 extractor. We like this butane extractor. We like this ethanol extractor. So we had to, we got a lot of access to seeing a lot of different equipment that was pretty cool because it's really expensive equipment. I mean, that's like, you know, you're buying, you know, 50,000 to $100,000, sometimes $300,000 machines. And that's just not in our grasp. Like we, we saved all our money for our, our setup and um, being able to try every single kind of machine out there was, was one of the really good luxuries of being a consultant. Um, but then we also saw a lot of the flaws with a lot of the equipment. So working with um, Dr. Dave Pay and my brother and I, we started developing a process of thinking of how we can create a better extractor after troubleshooting so many different ones and seeing what the problem was. And it could be that it couldn't process a very large amount of cannabis, or maybe it took too long, or maybe extracted more fats than the actual oil that you needed. Um, but we ended up reaching out to Cool Clean Technologies um, which is a American company based out of um, Minnesota, and they do CO2 cleaning extracting. They're like the leaders in CO2 cleaning. So like if anyone's ever had like a hip replacement or a breast implant, all these machines that um, the surgery centers use to clean to make sure that it's nice and sterile is made by Cool Clean Technologies. So they extract everything off of everything using 
CO2, so it's nice, clean, and sterile. So we reached out to them and we started developing a CO2 extractor. Um, back in 2014, 2015 is when um, we started doing this and we've been selling this uh, equipment as a bulk extractor a lot, uh, mostly in the hemp industry and a few in the cannabis industry because we've been a little selfish. We wanted to keep it a little bit to ourselves in the beginning yeah. to make sure that we had access to a lot of the cannabis stuff. But now we have a few different ones um, in, in different states. Um, since then, we've had our, our own license in Oakland, California. We're a joyous uh, wellness and recreation group. Um, and we manufacture a lot of different products. We make uh, vape pens, edibles, uh, topicals, uh, pre-rolls, jarred flour. A uh, few of our brands are um, Fuego 415, The Fizz right there. Yes, that's uh, one of our drinks that we make an, in-house at Joyous. Um, and uh, <laughs> that's a good flavor too, right there. Danny's and, gonna clean um, LA out, yo. yo. I'm, I'm cleaning LA products. out here because I went and picked up this from a different shop. I got strawberry here, and this strawberry is really good. He's getting all them first time discounts. Yeah, I'm going to all these shops. I'm going across to every single dispensary, <laughs> getting the yeah, getting that first time buyer discounts and. Just unloading on that. <laughs> I bought like six bottles today. That's great. Thank you for the support. That's and, beautiful. And we, we got the quickies so, yeah, so we too. Did. Got the quickies there. Yep, yep. Those ones are are the heavy hitters. Those are pretty strong. Um, the whole jar is a hundred milligrams, and um, and it's pretty pretty strong. Those ones are. I'm a lightweight. I can I could do a cap full and it then puts me on my ass. I can drink a whole fizz bottle and, and be good, but those ones are a little stronger. <laughs> but but yeah, being so a lightweight. I've been in the industry for a little bit. Um and my brother and me have uh, you know, we've had many adventures in the cannabis world and uh just trying to keep keep the business going. It's hard, but you know, it's it's keeps us excited and we're still out there doing it and we're grateful for it. Nice. You were going to say speaking about lightweight. Yeah, speaking of being lightweights, what is your pref- what are your preferences, ladies? As far as indulging. Go ahead, Jesse. <laughs> oh, um, if you have I any. I love my vape pens. Um I formulate my own all the time. I'm making different I'm working with a lot of different cannabis terpenes right now than making different flavors. Um I think that's like kind of like my go-to always is vape pens. But, I mean, you can't go wrong with just, like, a joint and, you know, or, or a glass pipe. That used to be my, my go-to. I had a little kit with my glass pipe. <laughs> it was my one my little one-hitter. <laughs> yeah, for me, I think I would definitely say it's just, you know, classic joints. And then um, when I like to indulge and, you know, kind of really like to get the experience, I like doing the volcano. Um, I remember doing that well, when well, I was... What's a volcano? A, the volcano yeah. it's like a like a vaporizer okay that, um it's basically like this little contraption that looks like a little volcano and um you when you turn it on it fills up this bag filled of vapor and you put like the flower kind of grounded up in there so when it burns you know that whole bag is filled of vapor and then you basically just hit it from the bag so it's real cool because that was like maybe the first time I think I ever tried doing anything like other than joints, you know, taking it when yeah. I was younger and it had me on my ass <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can fuck with this, you know, like it, it's, it's, it's nice, you know, it's a nice way to just kind of uh, consume and indulge here and there. <laughs> yeah. 
And so it, it, at least to the, speak to the us Pax, about the Pax Vapor is a amazing portable version of that. That's like my 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 also in my bag at all times. Oh, those packs! <laughs> I, I remember um, when we were out there. Um, Samir had the where you, where he had the you packing the flour in in the little. Yeah, yeah, that's the the packs. Oh, that's it, the pack you, thing you there. Okay, the flour and and it's. It's essentially like the portable version of what Elisa's talking about. It just doesn't have the bag. So you're just hitting it straight from, like you're hitting it like a vape pen, but yeah. it's ground up flour. So it's really nice because it has settings where you can like change it so you can taste more of the terpene profile. So, so it's like, it's really, really nice if you have some really good flour and you want to taste all the terpenes in there. Like it's, it's really good. So that one's a nice one, but um I think it's just hard to be like out smelling like weed sometimes now. I feel like it's a little bit different now that I'm a mom. Because <laughs> okay. I used and, to be able to like. And we're definitely going to get into I that like part. It, but sure. now I'm like. Yeah, well, we're definitely. Yeah, that was like my. It's, that's, it's still less stinky though. The pack is still less stinky than smoking a joint, but still. Yeah, for sure. And, and we'll get into the the um, the stigmas behind mothers and, and, and consuming. Um, but I wanted to get back into a, a question. Um, you brought up with the packs and, and and terpenes is how important is that in terms of temperature settings when you are smoking um, and the benefits behind the temperature settings? So um, a lot of it, the different flowers and the strains, what makes them the strains is the terpene profile. So if you're like smoking a blue dream versus like a gelato or, you know, or something really gassy, like, like some Pluto or something like that, you know, um, you'll be able to taste that a little bit when you're burning it. But like when you're burning it, just like a straight joint, it's like you can't control that. So if you have like the option, which is what technology has given us, and it's pretty amazing, um, you can turn up and down the settings on like the volcano or the packs or uh, uh, there's like a trippy stick. There's multiple different portable vaporizers that exist now. Um, like G-Pen has one too, but you can turn it diff at different settings. So the lower, you're not necessarily going to get that much smoke, but you're going to taste all those profiles and the profiles is what's going to give you different effects. And there's a lot of different studies going on right now that are showing like what these different terpenes are helping you. Like they can give you more of a, a, a body high, uh, you know, it can get put you in a more uplifting and, and happier moment, or it can put you in a more relaxed, like deeper sleep or things like that. So there's different profiles of terpenes and different cannabinoids that will get activated at different temperatures. So that's what's really cool about like, like going back and thinking about when we're growing up and just like smoking whatever like swag ass weed I can get my hands off on and like just being like, oh, that was cool. Like who, who the yeah. hell knows what it was like um, versus now that like you I could have like a notebook and be like, you know, I got this flower. I got, you know, my four G's THCV and I felt like hella good, no munchies and like hella productive. Or I got, you know, like my, you know, gelato or something like that. And it made me really, really munchy. And I can, and I can taste these profiles and I can have these and they can take notes of what these effects are versus, you know, before you didn't know any of that stuff. That's like the, the era we're living in. We have, it's almost a little bit too much information sometimes because then people get really hung up on it. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool if you're into it. For sure. For sure. Thank you for elaborating on that. 
And it's obvious that you know what you're talking about, right? You have the experience in the field. And that was something that we did want to bring up and ask about. Uh, you ladies are in positions of power and management in cannabis. And you are women, right? Um, can you elaborate on some of the experiences that you've had, you know, walking into boardrooms, walking into spaces? You have all this information under your belt. You have all this vast knowledge. But because you present a certain way or because they saw something walking the space, they get, a, uh, I don't know, they make their judgment calls. There's definitely, I would say, you, you hit it on the nail. Like they, people make judgments just based off of how you look and you being a woman. For me, um, personally, I remember when we first started um, pumping out our first brand, 4Gs. It was a, it's a four gram um, eighth flower. And when we first started, uh, you know, having these meetings with dispensary owners um, and, you know, buyers and trying to like, you know, just meet with different people to put ourselves on. It was really difficult for me, I would say, because I felt like people automatically just kind of assumed that I had no clue what I was talking about, that because I was a woman, because I was young, you know, it was different. Whereas my husband, he would walk into the same room with the same people and get a completely different reaction, you know. And so it's just it's interesting because. I saw that pretty early on, you know, into this, in, into the legal cannabis industry. And we had to kind of shift the way we, we, we worked, you know what I mean? Just because we needed to make business, we needed to make sales. And so we couldn't really afford to be, to have a meeting go sour because of the simple demographic of me being a woman, you know, and being Latina. And so now that we are where we are and we've grown and, um, you know, we, we've landed certain deals and stuff, the dynamics have shifted. Um, my husband has taken more of a backseat while I've gone ahead and, and, and you know, took in the reins uh, and just kind of led, you know, the ship. And it's, you know, it's working for us and people are now like really respecting it. <laughs> Um, but you know, it was, it was really difficult and I'm not going to lie and say, you know what I mean? Like that it was easy or that it didn't phase me cause it did 100%, you know? And, um, I think just being courageous enough to kind of get over that hump and just do, you know, doing it, um, really, you know, it, it was hard at first, but now like it's, you know, it's empowered me. It's made me feel stronger to the point where now I feel like I'm confident enough to start my own brand, you know, um, and just continue showing that to not only my daughter, but any other women in the industry or people who are thinking about getting in the industry. So that's my story. <laughs> and can we talk a little bit about what you're dabbling in, Elisa, or is that uh, for future? No. <laughs> well, we could talk about it. Yeah, for sure. So um, in 2022, so about a month away, we're going to go ahead and launch our first uh you know women owned brand for seventh wave which will be my brand um we are going to hit the concentrate market um and i don't want to say you know exactly what the what the brand is yet because we haven't officially announced it okay. um we are calling it juicy dabs and so the idea of it is basically just kind of empowering that um empowering women but also just in general like empowering that feeling of feeling sexy, you know, and what comes with oh. that. And so um, I was just talking about this to my sister earlier that, you know, we, um, I think cannabis has been so suppressed for years and years and years. 
and women have been suppressed for years and years and years, you know, and it just, it, it was, it was a no brainer for me to want to bring those two together and yeah. also add the component of freely expressing yourself sexually, you know what I mean? And feeling confident in that way. For me, when I consume cannabis, like I feel like I am my most confident in that moment, you know what I mean? And so um, it just, it's a whole experience that I kind of want to throw out there and I want to like support and have women feel empowered enough to learn and continue, you know, um, learning more about cannabis and different ways to consume, you know, um, there is so much education that needs to be put out. And I really want to be able to tackle that with the brand, you know, and kind of normalize it just a little bit more. That, that deserves another round of applause. I love that. <laughs> no, you know, I'm not right now that you were speaking. Yes, I love it. And you're sharing on how you feel your sexiest. You, for me, when I indulge, like so many like guards just like go down. Right. So that yes. allows me to like, just be myself and just come as I am and, you know, just not come in with all these like anxieties or whatever it is that's going on in right. my head. Right. So yeah, that is the, the most no, confident. Absolutely. Self. And I think like we have been so conditioned, you know, everybody has, right? But like for me, because I could speak about me being a person who identifies as a woman, like I do feel like I have gone through life having to conform, you know what I mean, to societal norms. Cannabis has gone through that same experience, you know, and it just, it, it was something that I felt like, you know, there it's a no brainer, you know what I mean? Cannabis does make you feel good. Like it makes you feel you know, just relaxed enough to enjoy certain experiences a little bit more, right? And so I really want to push just, you know, being able to empower people through my products. Like once you take a little hit of juicy dabs, it makes you feel grown and sexy. You know, you want to just mm. chill with your boo. There so you that's go. kind of Come the vibe we're going for. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me go through these chat lines real quick. We got Carlos <laughs> Martinez here. Uh, saludos, uh, Danny and Julia. What's up? What's up? Hey, fam. Um, we got Sheila, got my mom there saying, are those only for business or do they have home use? I'm assuming that's for the cool technology. Um, we got Johnny going in as well. I can't get enough. Can't get into it through the phone, but I'd love to elaborate on that. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Oh, thank you, Johnny, for the thank love. You, thank you. Um, Lotus, dile no a opresión. That's and right, Lotus. That's right. And then yes to sexual, sexual expression. expression. Johnny, yes as well. And PTSD goes out the door. Yes, Johnny. Thank you for sharing that. Mental health, all of that. Everything, it all ties in. It's all, we embody all of that. Yeah. Um, so, Jesse, what about you? Like, what experiences have you encountered or, or dealt with in, in your leadership and management role? I mean, as far as like intimately in our in our own company, I've been very fortunate that everyone in our team has been very supportive of me. Uh, even though I am the only woman on the team, they, everyone is very like chill. But when we go to trade shows to sell some of the equipment that we help manufacture, um, and like people come up to our booth, and then you know they they. They asked me like, oh, well, who can I talk to that knows about this? 
And I'm just like, like me. Uh, right here. Talking to me. Yeah. This is me. And then sometimes I'm just like, fuck it. Like, here, let me just pass this guy to somebody else because I just don't have the patience. Like, there yeah. are moments where I just feel like so defeated about it. Like, I'm, I don't have the energy. And that's happened a lot at trade shows. We do every year we're at MJ BizCon and guaranteed at least once a day, if not more, will someone try and be like, well, who's the person that I can speak to who's actually run one of these machines? And I'm like, I am the person that runs the machine. I am the extractor. I'm the one that does the physical work. But, you know, they see, you know, a 5'2 Latina and, you know, and it's Vegas, so I'm dressed up and probably got my fake eyelashes on because I'm doing the most <laughs> when I'm in Vegas. <laughs> and they're probably like, yeah, this girl's not doing that. That's not how I am at work. But when I'm in Vegas, that's different. So, right. I mean, honestly, yeah, there there is that. Um, I've been in similarly like how Elisa has had that experience in business meetings where um, it's like, you know, I, me and my brother walk in and they assume that because I'm also the younger sister that it's like my input it's like I'm, I'm the assistant of some sort like when they're asking technical questions yeah my brother knows the answers to it but the person who's physically doing it on the regular basis is me and a lot of the time they would rather hear it from my brother um versus hearing it from me and my husband's a scientist and so when he comes and he helps us at, at uh trade shows or at any kinds of events like this the same thing happens my husband doesn't do all the extraction like like he doesn't have as many hours um doing the work as much as i do but because he's a scientist because he's uh you know a man then therefore when he says it it's like oh now it's real even though i literally just said, may have said the same facts just a few seconds prior it's now real because some uh, someone else it's a dude said it and it sucks but you know i, I some of it is like i'm grateful that cannabis is so welcoming to women in the bigger picture, if you look at the big picture, where there's a lot of women-owned cannabis business. Yes, I didn't are. know that until recently. How many there were? There's we're expanding. There's a lot of like women leadership, and you can't say that about all industries. So we're fortunate in that, but there, we could do more. There could be better <laughs> scenarios, and um, people could, you know, there's still that stigma that people will look at you like, okay, yeah, like. You're you. They hired you because you're here to attract people to the booth, and right. you don't really know what what's up. So I mean, it sucks, but um, I mean, I've worked in so many other industries where that's that's happened, and if not worse. Um, but you know, so I, it's not like I'm like saying it's okay, but I think that there's progress being made, and um, it just gotta like there's every now and then there's a pendejo that comes along that does some shit that you're just like, <laughs> what the hell. Yeah. Um, why aren't you taking me seriously? But you know, sometimes it's their loss because then I don't, I don't have the patience for it, and I'm not going to share my knowledge with someone like that. Right, right. And you definitely have a wealth of knowledge, uh, for, for sure. Sh- yeah. Uh, one of the questions that just came in for the so oh so I guess the question was um, on those CO2 extractors that, that you were talking about earlier, Jesse. Is that only commercial use, or is there a way for consumers to also be able to take advantage of being able to extract their own cannabis is that is that something that you've heard of or, or out in the market that you know of um yeah there are um machines and equipment for home use um oh god i can't think of it i think the one is like the magic butter uh i think the other one's levo but we don't do that we are industrial um uh bulk 
so we're doing like every single run is from 100 to 300 pounds of biomass going into the machine. So it's definitely not for home use, um, requires a lot of power. But there are some, um, I'm going to look it up. I, I think there's, I think it's called Levo. They, they, you can get your own flour and it extracts um, cannabis oil and then infuses it into olive oil or into your butters. Um, a lot of people... Um, like the home chef, that's like what people tend to use. Got it. But let me look it up because I, I I don't want to be wrong. Yeah, yeah, no. I, and over this past weekend, I think, or last weekend, right? Yes. Julia, Julia just made some can of can of butter um, with coconut oil, coconut and that oil. was a process too. Right, and this, that was your time, like your first time, like actually seeing the whole process. It? Yeah, I've never seen the process of of making oil. He saw me decarb, and he like lifted the lid and was like. It's not done. I was like, boy, that is step one. <laughs> Get out of here with that. But anyways. All right. So this episode is <laughs> called important step. Yeah, it was called the Labo 2. Sorry. Just wanted to put that out. The Labo. There's a, Labo 2? It's herbal oil water and infusion. And boxalates your flower for you. Nice. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that, Sheila. And we can connect y'all too for sure after the episode if if y'all want to have more of an in depth conversation. I know both of you are um, willing to ha- uh, what is it knowledge share. So this episode is called Cannamoms. So if we could just slide into that role, um, do y'all mind sharing how old your children are? Yeah. So my, I have. Um a baby girl at one and a half years old. So she's here. You'll probably hear her in the background. <laughs> baby yeah. wavy. Um, and then I also have a blended family with my husband and he has two children. Um, and they are 21 and 12. Okay. So we got all ages. <laughs> yes. You are everywhere. <laughs> and Jesse. My little guy is, uh, he just, He's 13 months. He just turned a year in October. So he's he's a little toddler. Nice. Happy birthday to, yes. to baby. So then, so ladies, what are some of the stereotypes of being a mother and consuming cannabis? I feel like, okay, you know, you're in high school, you're in college, you're past that, you're in your 20s, uh, and you're consuming cannabis, there's that. But then you're a mom, so... You know, a lot of a lot of things you used to do, you got to put down, put on the shelf, throw out the window. But we've decided not to. Um, what What do y'all ladies think about that? Or what are some of the stereotypes you ladies have seen or experienced? I think, I mean, being a mom in general, you get hella stereotypes right off the bat. You know what I mean? You have to be a certain kind of mom to be a good mom, right? And who even knows what that is? And so for me, I think... You know, what I've found to be more of a stereotype when it comes to, like, cannabis consumption and motherhood is, like, one, that I'm not a good mom because I I consume cannabis. I'm probably, like, a loose mom, you know, because I consume cannabis and I'm not, you know, too – I'm probably not strict enough or, you know what I mean? Like, I let things kind of fly. I'm just kind of, like, lazy, you know, let things go. Um, so, I mean, I think there's so many (laughs) different stereotypes and just, you know, like negative, um, you know, impressions that people think about, uh, cannabis use and motherhood. Um, but I think the one that's most pressing too, and like most like 
dangerous, I guess, is to be labeled as like a mom who is dangerous to her child because you consume cannabis, you know, like um, because you consume cannabis and say you're taking in, um, you're having a little session to yourself, you know, that is considered dangerous to some people. And I, I just, I think that's probably the, the most, you know, like just hard, I guess the hardest stereotype that I've, I've encountered. Um, but yeah, that's my experience with that. Jesse. It's crazy because like when, when you look at any other parent and they get to go to happy hour and have like a glass of wine or something, and you're like literally holding your child and have a beer in your hand kind of thing. And that's like, no one like bats an eye. Mm -hmm. Um, like even when I was, I didn't smoke throughout my pregnancy. I, I grew up in the Bay area, like I said, and I have so many friends who during their pregnancy, they smoked and they didn't like their, their children are brilliant. Like I, I have no, I don't think there's any issue with that, but I didn't do it personally myself when I was pregnant because I was, I was scared. I had friends who, um, told their doctor, their gynecologist that, you know, they were smoking during pregnancy and they basically were threatening CPS, you know, like these are some very serious uh, situation. So a lot of what, when I was pregnant and even after I was steering clear and I was really scared because I just didn't know, especially because I really hadn't been advertising that I was in the cannabis industry only to like a few of my friends. But then when I started putting it on social media and kind of like putting our business out there to get more sales and like stepping out and, and like marketing and things like that, it almost puts a target on your back. Like, okay, she's a business owner of cannabis and now she's pregnant. So it almost feels like someone was going to like try and snitch me out or something, or I don't know what. So I got really paranoid about it. Like it was just like not a good decision for me at the moment. And so I was really worried about that. Now, um, you know, Keanu's a a year old um, and I can smoke here and there, but I still like, and I, I, no one's really ever said anything to me. I think this is almost self-imposed because I right. get so like paranoid, like that someone's gonna see me, someone's gonna say something, or you know, I'm not even with my child when I'm doing it. But like, I feel like there's gonna be like some repercussion, and I think that that's just like from so many years of like, you know, things happening to other people that I do know, then and they've had bad experiences. Um, but you know, it's it's a balance, and and I I don't I don't smoke around my child because I don't want to I don't want him to smell it. I don't want him to be around it like that yet. Yeah. And maybe with time, I'll be more comfortable, like the same way, like how you want to put like you know fabric softener on your shirt. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's the same thing, right? You know, maybe not like maybe I'll ease into it. I know that there's like you know people that can, and maybe I will never be that person that would just be able to just do that. Um, I also don't really like to. To drink that much in front of my child either but at the same time like i should be able to do that without anyone saying a damn thing like that's how i see it like i would never judge any other parent for for their their way to wind down and relax because that's really what it is it's a way to wind down and relax um but yeah i mean there's there's a lot of stereotypes out there um i was i bear witness to it happened to a lot of my girlfriends since they had kids before me i was one of the ones that waited a lot longer to start our family and i saw that and i would always get really upset um when we were out walking and she hit her vape pen 
and you know someone that her 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 baby is like a few feet away with their dad but because we're seen as a group like you degenerate like what like you're he's the baby's fine he's taken care of and and people have like this impulse to like say something um and it's also just lack of knowledge. There's that stigma. People don't get it. They don't understand it. They 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 bulk all all of cannabis together with like hard drugs. So it's just that at some point, I try and be forgiving in the fact that people are just not that educated on it yet. I dedicated my life to becoming educated on cannabis. So I try my best when I can is to help people understand there's a lot of medicinal benefits to this. And the same way you can have your glass of wine is the same way as if I want to take a hit off my vape pen or off my, my you know, a, a pipe or whatever. But definitely, yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a weird balance right now, especially. Um, I think we lost the, that last piece there. Um, but but Julia, what what about you? What? What are your, um, what stereotypes have you experienced as a cannibal? Oh, I feel like, like I mentioned in the beginning, people that knew me maybe had an expectation of like, okay, now you're done with that chapter of your life, right? Because now you're going to be a mom. And I was like, okay, but is Danny done with that chapter in his life? Because ain't, <laughs> ain't no one saying nothing about Danny. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I imposed myself. <laughs> I stopped myself. <laughs> uh, That's how the real Julia. That's how I feel about Timo. Because with him, it's so like, it doesn't matter. That's who he is. That's what he does. But for me, the minute I had my baby girl, it was it was different. It was like I was getting questioned. What's next? You know like, what I mean? The so little I, I'm happy you brought that up. Like, thing comes up around you and you're just like, oh, I'm a saint now? Like, wait, no. Like, please. Like keep that on you like don't put that on me please um so i think that was one of the things and then yeah like smelling like it i feel like that's my own personal preference or my own personal like reservation um i love the smell of flower like fresh flower i think it smells so beautiful but um yeah once you've smoked it i just i don't like the smell of cigarette smoke either i don't like the smell of it so I think that that would be like one that I'm just like, oh, okay, I think I smell like this or whatever. But I mean, we worked in the cannabis industry as parents and we would come home smelling like the fresh flower. And I had no qualms about that. I was just like, dang, I smell bomb. <laughs> there should be some cologne out there for this. Like fresh flowered cologne. Oh, I think you just came up with an idea. Do it. <laughs> like when we would work cologne. on like some strawberry banana, I'd be like, oh, man. Nice. That smelled good. Yeah. And we always knew what we were working on as we were coming into the building because you could smell, you could smell it from like a mile away. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we're working on lemon hash today. Right, right. The that. citrus ones for <laughs> sure. So have y'all? And I think this one, this this one question, I think goes out more to Elisa. You have the older children. Um, do they ask you questions or do they talk to you openly about cannabis? Because uh, we didn't share that. We have a 12-year-old and a 2-year-old and another on the way. Um, so have have the older so ones? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the older 
um, kids, they, so it's interesting, you know, cause they're 10 years apart, right? So one is an adult, you know, and the other one is, is a preteen right now. And I think we, we all, and I, by, and I mean, when I say we, I mean, Jesse, you know, Latinos in cannabis, Danny, right. We all met each other. I want to say about a year ago, like in December, right. January. Yeah, yeah. And I remember having a Latinos in cannabis room where we were talking about parenting and uh, you guys, Danny and Julia, you guys shared your story about talking to your daughter about it. Right. And for me, that really, I think, opened my eyes, you know what I mean? Um, And your experience and hearing that um, to be able to talk to to our 12 year olds, you know, about it as well, because they're the same age. Um, The older one, he is he he consumes cannabis, you know, Um, he and his dad (laughs) like to partake together. Um, and like I said, he's an adult though, you know what I mean? So for him, I think he, he grew up, you know, with the smell around him, same thing with our 12 year olds, you know, with the smell always around, you know, we're in the industry, there's no hiding it. Um, when, you know, when they ask like, what does mommy and daddy do for work? You know, we're going to say, you know, we work in the cannabis industry and we have to elaborate what that is. And so I think for us, like taking the approach of, of it being a medicinal plant, it being an herb, it being something that helps our bodies and, you know, learning about what our endocannabinoid system is and what it needs and how to nourish it um, with a lot of, you know, as as much as we can find, like sources, you know, um, scholarly sources is kind of the approach that we have taken um, with our 12-year-old when she became a little bit more curious into what we were doing um, and understood what cannabis was, it wasn't like, you know, this like big old announcement that we kind of had to do to her, you know, she kind of like already knew, you know, and then we just confirmed it. And with our confirmation of like, you know, what we did and the fact that we consume cannabis, you know, adding the educational components behind it, I think was really um, really important because after that initial conversation that we had with her, it was easy for her to come back to us and talk about, you know, like where cannabis is, is in her current life with her social friends right now, you know what I mean? And where she is with that. And she was a lot more open. And I think had we not approached it in that way, um, where it was just like super normal, you know, super medicinal and herbal, like it could have, it could have gone completely different, you know? So I think about my experience and like I said earlier, you know, my parents had absolutely no conversation with my sisters and I about cannabis and it took for me to actually be curious to go seek it elsewhere, you know? And I don't want my kids to ever have to feel like they can't come talk to us about cannabis or anything, even if it's alcohol or, you know, wanting to be curious about sex, anything at all, you know, like if they want to come speak to us, like I want to have an open door policy, you know, that, that they are allowed to come speak to us and know that we're not going to just like shut them down or, you know, just judge them right off the bat and we can have open conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's important. And that was, you know, Danny and I had, these conversations because there is no handbook there is no way to do it and no one model has modeled that type of parenting to us as far as 
cannabis or drugs go because for me the way i was raised was all drugs are bad so okay all drugs are bad and then i tried weed and i was like this ain't that bad and then, <laughs> and then you know i'm like okay so what else is out there and what you know what else can i mess with and it's like no 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 we're they're not all on a level playing field and they're not going to do the same thing to you and they're going to affect you in very different ways and let me let's have an open honest conversation about that and how how you will be affected by these long-term, short-term, personally, society, you know, in all avenues. Um, but when we first started having conversations with our 12-year-old about it, we're like, ask us anything, ask us whatever you want. But then we're like, she doesn't know what to ask, right? Like, she doesn't have, you know, oh, well, riddle me this, like, what's better, what hybrid, you know, or you know, sativa, indica, tell me the different strains or whatever. Like, she doesn't know where to come from. So a lot of her original questions were more like, when did you do it? Yeah. Who did you do it with? You know, <laughs> who, who exposed you to it? You know, yeah. just trying to hear, like, what our experiences were with it. And, you know, that was another one that stumped us. We were like, way older than you. You know, I, I didn't do it till I was 18. You know? <laughs> but then it's like, now no, we, sure. we need to have... These honest street, like open, honest streams of dialogue and conversation with each other. So that's that's been something that we've worked on together too. Like sometimes we'll look at, or she'll share something, like she'll overshare, and like I could hear, I could hear the knot in Danny's throat, like gulp, and I'm like, bro, like hold it in, come on, like poker face, because <laughs> she she's doing what we're asking her to do. Yeah. You know, she's sharing like her experiences with us. Yeah. So, and and just even having, yeah. having that experience is dope. Just like it's as a parent makes me feel like I'm doing my job. Like we're we're doing our job in the sense right. of like we're allowing her to to speak her mind and 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 doing what we told her we were going to do by not judging her for doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think you know anything with parenting is scary. You know, like you you don't know how your experiences are going to go until you actually go through them, especially if you haven't seen it done before. Um, and I think of cannabis, you know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer of generational trauma in our lives, mm. you know, and we've gone through um, what has affected us or what has affected our ancestors. I definitely believe affects us, you know what I mean? In yeah. our lineage. And I think cannabis has the ability to break a lot of that trauma and those curses, you know, that we have, been exposed to um and have grown up with and i think you know it's scary because like you said nobody has given us you know a book on how to do this and it's it's something that we have to come up with ourselves and you know i really do congratulate every parent in the cannabis industry you know what i mean it's it's uh, to be a can of parent you know and just and be able to talk to your children about it and educate them you know we're really we're really at the end of the day, nurturing the, the next generation, you know, and the information that we tell them they're going to live day by day, you know what I mean? In the future with, right. So it's, it's, I think it's a beautiful thing to have parents who are like us, you know what I mean? That can have those conversations and it's scary, but it's nice to have a community too, you know, to be with other folks that are going through the same thing. Right. Yeah. You want to go back into this chat line real quick. Um, we have Chef Layla uh, tuning in through the app. Uh, St. Jesse represents my favorite can of mom to have a session with. Ooh. 
Um, and we got Tony, I see you, primos. Um, and also, the plant smells amazing. <laughs> it does. It does. Carlos, glad to hear that these relevant topics oh. of women and moms in the workforce, my wife faces similar disadvantages as women in the workforce. Thank you for sharing that, Carlos. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, it, it doesn't happen in one field or it, it happens across a lot of fields. And we are definitely like, it, I don't even like to say glass ceiling or whatever, but we're, we're definitely breaking through spaces and creating spaces for our children and for the next generations and for the next uh, league of women that are coming through. And, you know, you got brains, beauty, brawn, you got it all come through and just add to this bring more to the table so we also got brenda here also julia you're a great addition to the program danny thanks for this knowledge oh thank thank you guys for tuning in we really appreciate you guys listening in and for everyone else that's tuning in we really appreciate all of you yeah we're gonna lighten it up a little bit and we got some questions for you two ladies it's gonna be uh would you rather uh so we got a list of questions we'll go ahead and let you guys answer the best answer that you guys see fit you guys ready for that? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So first, all right. I'm would down. you guys rather be would you ladies? Oh, I'm sorry. Would you ladies rather be <laughs> a genius to know everything or be amazed at every activity you try? Be amazed by every activity I try. <laughs> I feel like that's how I live my life. Yeah, same. <laughs> I feel like for me on this one, okay, so I picked this question, but on this one, like, I remember when my two-year-old was like way younger and she was like in awe of bubbles. And I remember laying down with her and looking up at the bubbles and I was like, dang, bubbles are awesome. Like, you know, like you're right. You know? <laughs> to be, no, to be the, like the mindset of a child and look at everything like that. That's beautiful. It is. You know, like I wish yeah. we could keep that as adults. And unfortunately the world's, you know, sucks in that way. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. Yeah. But it would be so nice. And I take that over being smart any other day. <laughs> Right. All right. All right. Next one. Would you I rather? Literally, just had this conversation with Samir. <laughs> oh yeah. And how'd that go? No, just saying the same thing. That means Samir just had that conversation because because Keanu is just like super into like just discovering all kinds of stuff, and he's yeah. so amazed. I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> to everything. I was like, it's beautiful. So and sometimes we're like, come on, we gotta go. It, you know, hurry up. But then you're like, dang, like. That is a pretty flower. Hold up. Let me go smell it too. You know. And even now with the climate and how we're living, like we have COVID babies, like they've been cooped up and not allowed to go out that it, I think when we went, when we met with you guys in, in this past summer was the first time that our baby went to the park, I think for the yeah, first time. For sure. And so, and she's, well, she was already a year and a half by then. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot going on there. All right, next. Next question. Go ahead. Would you rather go to the past to meet your ancestors or go to the future to meet your great-great-grandchildren? Ooh, that one's hard. I think that's hard because I want to immediately say past. Mm -hmm. That would be dope to go to the future. Like, initially, I would say, like, off the off top first reaction, I'd say go to the past because I would love to see, like, my family in El Salvador and how everything was over there because I don't have any real reference to that. That would be, like, amazing. But the future, I mean, shit, I mean, that's 
fucking tight too. I don't know. That's a hard one. That's hard. <laughs> that right, one so is hard. I would say though, I would choose the past only because I'm. I believe that we have had past lives. You know, that's my personal belief. So I would want to see what my past lives were. You know, with those ancestors. Mm. So that's what I would choose. Nice. Mm. Right. We carry them with us, mamas. Yeah. Next one. Would you rather know how you'll die or when you'll die? Neither. (laughs) (laughs) She said no. Uh -uh, I'm good. I'm straight. Oh, damn. (laughs) I think I'd rather know how. Know how? She's like, I ain't taking a shower. I ain't getting wet no more. I already know. (laughs) I guess I I think I would I think I would want to know when, because then I would be able to plan till that day. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. I don't like that question. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Would you rather have a terrible boss and a great job or a great boss and a terrible job? I think a great boss and a terrible job because the boss really um, sets that environment Okay. Jesse? Go ahead, ahead, Jesse. I think I would want a great job and a terrible boss. Okay. Because I could make the most of that situation. (laughs) Carlos says, wow. I think I've had that situation. (laughs) (laughs) That was my question. All right. Next question. Bagels or donuts? Donuts. Donuts for days. I had donuts at my wedding. Donuts for my birthday. Oh, donuts wow. Forever. Nice. <laughs> nice. Okay. Flour or concentrates? So I think me like. Concentrate. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say concentrate. I was going to say, I think me like maybe a year ago would have chose flour, but now concentrate. Timo got you on that puff call too, huh? I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we got to put each other up on game. All right. Universal respect or unlimited power? Respect. Uh, Respect. All right. right. Now, this is the last one here. Share. It's not not it's not really a would you rather, but share something about yourself that you wish your children knew. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, Julia wishes that Dalia knew she was hilarious. I really do. <laughs> I really do. So much good comedy gets lost on that child right now. <laughs> That's a hard one. So share something about me that I wish my baby knew. Yep. Yeah. Like right now. Yep. yep. I would say how much I love her, I guess. Hmm. <laughs> mom. That's such a mom answer. I know it's kind of mummies. <laughs> yeah, how much we love them, but all <laughs> for sure. That's a good an- that's a good answer. Yeah, how much they that we love him and how much we wanted to have him and we planned for him because that was like, you know, we really tried. Yeah. There was a few times you didn't think that was going to happen, so he Ooh. was definitely a blessing. That is a whole other episode episode right there in itself. <laughs> let me tell you. I think for them to know, and I like 
I feel like our parents would tell us that or like kind of show us or find a way to try and tell like, oh, I love you unconditionally, you know, and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know. But then you have your own. You're like, dang, I really do love you unconditionally. Like there is no qualms about it. Like that's it. It's a wrap. Yeah, I was just talking to my sister about this earlier that really you don't there's no preparation for motherhood. You know, even when you're pregnant and you're, you know, you, you go through that whole experience of your pregnancy, you still will not understand until that day that you deliver and have that baby. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's crazy. And once that happens, it's just your instincts take over, you know, and it just, it is what it is. Like it just, it changes your world, you know? For sure. So going beyond cannabis, can you share how your parenting style differs from how you were raised? That's a good question. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the way I was raised, it it was in a very strict household. You know, uh, I'm a first generation Latina. So my parents, you know, coming from El Salvador, coming from that trauma of going through the Civil War, you know, living through that and then basically crossing over, you know, as immigrants in the country that had a lot of racism and, you know, segregation kind of embedded in it. Um, they, oh, I'm sorry, baby, just got hurt. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay, mommy. Um, so I, I think, you know, they, they, um, they raised me with that lens, you know, of, of what they went through and what they want to see for me. Um, I think what's different for me, you know, being a parent is that, you know, I was able to have the privilege of having my parents be who they are, you know, and having gone through what they've gone through and teach me in that lens. And I can now, you know, pass on the good, you know, to my daughter and kind of show her, you know, where her roots come from and, you know, how her pa- her grandparents really, you know, just were able to be so resilient and determined, you know, into what is now you know, what is the present now? You know what I mean? So I guess that's, that's how it would differ. You know, it's just, I'm able to have the ability to take on those beautiful lessons and experiences and actually give them to her. You know what I mean? Whereas for me, I had to live through it, you know, and I had to like go through the trauma that my parents went through and see them experience it and live through it, you know, with them. Whereas my daughter won't have to go through that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And Jesse? I think that my parents really made it a strong effort to try and shelter me as much as they could, especially because we were in such a rough neighborhood and they tried to keep me from knowing anything that was like dangerous or harmful. And I think that what I'm going to, what I mean, <laughs> it's hard to want to not shelter your child, but um I want my child to be able to experience a lot with that and, and have those conversations because there's a lot of times where um, I saw things that I didn't understand that were in the hood that were just very like, you know, people using heavy drugs, violence, things like that. And those things weren't really ever discussed because it was just like, you're too young sometimes, or maybe they, and, and maybe, you know, they were right in that way. But um some of that stuff is like, you know, we never discussed any of the things that had happened. And I, I want my my child to be able to 
um, learn and dissect all of that in an open forum with his family. Because that's something that I think that, um, and I don't think that the, my parents did that in a way to uh, harm us. They were trying to protect us. Right. But now I see that that was harmful in its own way. Right. So, um, and then you still yeah. did what Thanks you... Thanks for the therapy session, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, girl. We got you. We're here. We're here every Monday at 420. Yeah. <laughs> we do what we do. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on pregnancy and cannabis? And I know that we touched about it on it a little bit earlier. Um, but I don't know if y'all have something else you want to share. I'm currently pregnant. Shared earlier. Um, I'll also share that I do use the the pomadas because they just they help. They just help and they work. And how how do you use the pomadas? Uh, my buddy over here here show, show him the magic hands. Show him that magic my hands. Uh, my lower He's back. He's like, let me put myself on. Look at these hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he just like on my lower back when you know when I, at the end of the day, um, I had my baby just sitting on my sciatic nerve like at month four, and so he would just kind of help me through that and help me manage a lot of that pain because uh, you know when you're dealing when you're living with pain, you're living with frustration and things that like probably would won't set you off normally or wouldn't like make you flustered or make you feel some type of way they're doing it now right and you see it you see it the way you like snap at your child or you snap at your partner or your family whatever and you're just sitting there like like simmer down but i i'm using that to help myself but i absolutely agree with what y'all were sharing earlier when I do go, like, when I've gone to my doctor's points, I'm like, can I share? Should I share? Should I not say anything? Like, nah, I don't want to get caught up in nothing crazy, you know, because I, I want to have my back rubbed and not smell like Bengay, you know? Like, all right, whatever. Like, just keep it to myself. So, any thoughts? That's a, that's a real question. I mean, you know, similar to kind of what Jesse was saying earlier, when she was pregnant, I had the same kind of experience as well, where I didn't say or use, you know, any cannabis throughout my pregnancy. Um, And I think, you know, the doctors, you know, do say don't use it, right? But you also don't have any scientific backing as to why, you know? Um, I know when I had the baby and I was breastfeeding, you know, I was told not to consume cannabis, but I went through some real serious postpartum depression, Mm. you know? And so... With going through postpartum, I had to decide at one point, you know, like what is what works for me in this moment? You know what I mean? Like, is it to be, you know, really just like a terrible mom in the sense of like being in a bad mood, not able to get up, not able to nurture my daughter? You know what I mean? Or should I take care of myself? And I know cannabis can help me to alleviate some of the stress that I'm feeling so that I can come back as a better mom. You know, and, you know, when I made that decision, I'm happy I did. You know what I mean? And I speak about that all the time because had I not made that decision, I don't know where I'd be right now, you know? And I think, you know, when you're pregnant, it's hard because it's like, again, there's stereotypes even for pregnant women, you know what I mean? And how you should be taking care of your womb while you're pregnant, right? And I think, you know, at the end of the day, 
like what there hasn't been anything that has proven cannabis to be harmful. You know what I mean? And if it can provide you a bit of relief, like if it were me, I would, I, I would, you know, just kind of keep that in mind, you know, um, right. if that's going to help me to be able to continue my journey um, and my pregnancy, you know? And it's a long journey. <laughs> sure is. It's definitely a long journey. We on journey. that downhill, though. We on that downhill. We, we, we're almost there. We're almost there. Baby's coming. March. Um, we had Do you a guys question. have uh, names picked out yet? We we got a few we got we got a few on the fence. Yeah, we got some maybes. Okay. Um so we, do we wanna announce we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put it out in the live now. So we have Rosemary as one. Um what's the other the other one was um The other one he says what's the other one like? Oh I can't remember because that's remember. not the one he that's likes. That's not the one I like. Yeah. What's the other one though? It's Lily Rose. So oh, Lily we wanna Rose. do flower. So we're going flower uh that's so. cute. I like Lily. That's a cute name. It just doesn't roll off the tongue right. Lily Rose, like Mary Jane rolls off a lot smoother <laughs> than Lily Rose. At least for me. It's going to be hard for me to call my daughter out. Like, Lily Rose. This doesn't sound right. What's crazy Lily is... Lily Rose. When- well, you don't have to say the whole name. Can you just call her Lily? No. Nah. I'm not allowed. Not open to that. <laughs> <laughs> So then it's the first one. All right, well, then there's that <laughs> like, issue. Thank you. I guess that we get... Deductive reasoning will lead us to wherever we're going. Well, I mean, if a random name just jumps, like flower name jumps well, out at me, I still got a few months to go. Well, here's the other thing. If baby is born in February, I, I want Violet. If if oh, But only if baby is born in February. I'm due March 16th. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Wait, but why Violet? Because that's another flower, and then um, the color purple, and that's just that's the birth, that's the color of February as well, Feb- uh, purple. So it just kind of oh, all aligns purple. itself. Got it, got it. Well, we'll see. I'm excited. See. I just, I just realized, Jesse, we didn't get a chance to hear your response for the the pregnancy and cannabis thoughts. I'm curious to know from your point of view. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I spoke a little bit about it before, like, yeah. I, what I decided for myself was a, not what um, I saw a lot in my friend circle. In my friend circle, all my friends smoked throughout their pregnancy, and all their kids are brilliant, and nothing is wrong with them, and they're amazing kids, and, you know, there is, like, I had really, really, really bad nausea in my first uh two trimesters sorry i'm wearing a mask i'm gonna take it off because no one's in the room right now um i don't know if you could hear me because i felt like i was muffled but my first two trimesters i was so nauseous like i was everything was um making me feel sick and they were gonna prescribe me some like crazy ass i forget what drug it was but like i started looking it up and there's all these studies about like how like there's birth defects and and uh, low birth weight and all these things that are side effects with these medications that give you for like nausea. And I'm like, when you, I, I, I don't know, maybe there's not enough studies on cannabis. Maybe there is something like low birth weight. I'm not sure. But I feel like cannabis can't be that bad in comparison to the shit they try and give you when you're pregnant. 
when you're not feeling well, when, when like they, they, there was some, I had, I had a difficult pregnancy. I was super nauseous, I had a lot of pains, um, a lot of anxiety. And they were like trying to give me all kinds of shit, but I didn't take any of it because I was just like on like the internet Googling shit. And I'm like looking at the side effects of all these pharmaceuticals. And, you know, I don't feel like cannabis is, is that, like on that level of all those pharmaceuticals. So, I mean, I feel like if I, if I were lucky enough to get pregnant again, I think I probably wouldn't, I probably would smoke. I think I would have made my life easier instead of driving myself nuts thinking about it because at the end of the day, nothing really would have happened to me. I, I did have some friends, um, she she had a baby two months prior, two, three months? Three months prior to when I was due and they gave her a hard time about cannabis being in her blood. They drew her blood and they, I don't even know if they asked her for her consent. It was very sketchy. So, I mean, there's very, I mean, even though we're in California and it's legal, it can get you into trouble. So that's the only reason why I personally didn't do it, but it's not right. because I was scared of what cannabis would do to my child, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, I mean, there's so many brilliant little babies that their parents smoked. And you brought up a great point. Like, let's do these, let's have longitudinal studies. Let's, let's do the research. Let's come at it with education under our belt, with knowledge, like hard truth, hard facts under our belt. I don't think any of us are sitting here and advocating for and saying, this is what you need to do during your pregnancy or, you know, whatever. Everyone has their own decision to make about how they want to live their lives. But let's have hard facts and let's make these educated decisions. But, but the only way to do that is by descheduling uh, the plan, right? Because right now, because of the, the scheduling of, of the plan, exactly. it, uh, it it doesn't allow for, for studies to happen. Right. And then <coughs> women go in or go throughout their pregnancy not sharing or having honest conversations with their, you know, professional, uh, with their OBs or whatever about what's happening yeah. or what decisions they're making. Let's go back to the we, chat. We have, we have a question from the chat line um, for you ladies. Um, the question is, how did you share your personal marijuana use with your parents? That's a loaded question. <laughs> um, they still don't know. It, I got caught the first time. I got caught when I was like 13 with, with weed and my mom was pissed and that didn't go well. Um, then as an adult leader, when I was working in the industry, um, with my brother, I think we started. I think we started with the pomadas, and it's also because my dad, um, my dad suffered from Alzheimer's and dementia, and so we started giving him um, CBD with a little bit of THC with it, and and there was an effect there that was positive, and so it was less like you know you're just getting lit, um, right. But my mom and my and my dad, when he was alive, knew that um, we were in the cannabis industry, and now they're full supporting. My mom, like over here, helped us uh, name Fuego Four and Five. That was her idea. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I mean, there is some positives. They they came around to it. It did. It took some time. Um, like they they weren't necessarily in the beginning. Like like I said, I got caught as a young a youngster. And I had a little Tupperware with like a few nugs in it and my mom suspected and caught me. And that was like, 
She's grounded. more pissed about you using like, you know, her Tupperware. Nothing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna become nothing. This is. Yeah, why am I using her Tupperware for sure? Definitely, but yeah, and I was pissed because I had just got that, and I was like, "Damn it!" Like that was all my money. But um, but yeah, like then fast forward to being an adult and now working in the industry, and my mom has arthritis and back pains, and we we started making a lot of pomadas at um, our lab, and I would bring them home and. At first, I, I don't even know if I told her the first time that there was cannabis in it, but she had a lot of relief with it. And then I started telling her, like, well, this is what's in it. And then I think she was kind of like, you drugged me at first. But, <laughs> you know, after that, it was like she she, she would request it. And, um, I mean, in the Latin culture, they put, like, my mom would have alcohol in, like, rubbing alcohol in the bathroom with, like, a little nug in it. Yeah. So, like. She needed to cut it out too, being all judgy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then my mama, but God, come on. Um, but yeah, so she, they came around eventually, and now she's a super supporter. And I see her wearing my cannabis brand shirts. I just got like some stuff from Cookies, and she wears it. And, you know, wow. nice. Definitely would have never thought if you would have told me at 16 years old that that's where where I would be, I wouldn't have believed it. Right. Nice. I think for for me for us or no I'll speak my for mom myself. still doesn't know I'm just kidding yeah. <laughs> she's she's here in the chat line <laughs> no for me it was I <laughs> surprise right right um, I think they expect something when they think that you're gonna smoke or that you smoke you know they expect you to just be laid out on the couch and just like not be able to be to function and not do anything but then they see you hustling right and they see you like making things happen, making money moves and making, you know, like having like business conversations and just like rattling off like, this is where I'm at. And this is, you know, I'm trying to do this and do that. And they're just like, oh, snap, let me take a step back and let you like go in that lane, even though I don't know much about it or I don't feel comfortable, you know, yet, like I'm going to let you go ahead and take that path. Like, you know, we're adults and it's nothing they can really do, but you know, just them having at least that much, like, I don't know, mutual respect. I think that's, you know, what it is Yeah. for them to kind of just take a step back and like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know, you know, what's happening, but I'm going to go ahead and let you take the lead on that. So, and then Carlos also shared uh, specifically when Salvadoran parents use of marijuana is limited to the use of rubbing alcohol. And I think a lot of us that have opened up to our parents about cannabis, like one of the first things they'll come to us with is like, I got aches and pains. How do can, can any of that make this go away? Yeah, Um, for sure. So thank you for asking that question, Carlos. You know what? And about Carlos, I didn't realize I was Kike. You should have put Kike instead of Carlos. (laughs) So this whole time you're talking to Carlos? Yeah, this whole time I've been talking to Carlos. Yeah. For sure, but that, sorry, that, that's off tangent, guys. Um, few more questions before we we wrap this up. I know I know we're we're strapped for time here. Um, what are some ways that we can support or encourage more women in the cannabis industry? I know you kind of touched on that. You found out that there's a lot more women in the space, but how can we support more women? I definitely think it's. You know, as a consumer, if you are consuming cannabis on any level, whether it's, um, you know, flower topical for health and wellness or just to get high, it doesn't matter. 
I think it's your responsibility as a consumer to do your research on what you're purchasing, whether it be, you know, in the dispensaries or outside of the dispensaries, right? Like doing research on where you are getting your product from and who actually, you know, is curating that product. There's a lot, like Jesse mentioned, there's a lot of women in the industry. There's a lot of women brands, you know, women owned brands that are out there in the industry of all, all kinds. You know what I mean? Like there's flour, you know, there's eights that you can buy. There's joints, there's topicals, there's edibles, you know, that are made and curated from women. And so I think, you know, if you want to support women, definitely, you know what I mean? Do your research and find out who actually manufactured or distributed the brand or where the, where the, where that brand and that product actually comes from what farm, you know, and it's as simple as doing that and, you know, finding the product that you resonate with and you're supporting women, you know? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Oh, we're supporting, uh, Oh yeah. With our shirts too, we we're supporting Miss Kindness. Miss Kindness. Miss Kindness with her t-shirts, teachers, the, our shirts here say, well, mine says, "Can a dad have a light?" And then Julia says, "Can a mom have get a light?" Can well, a mom get a light? Yeah. So there well, are different ways to support. You don't necessarily have to consume, or like there are so many different avenues that people take. And 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 throughout my my um my tour on dispensaries trying to find the fizz here in LA, <laughs> I, they'll, they'll like try to refer me to like other <laughs> drinks. And I'm like, nah, nah, I, I don't want that because the fizz, I don't know if you know, but it, this is, this is made by one of the top Latinas in the industry. And they're like, wait, a Latina makes this. So right. this is like, so she makes this. I'm like, yeah, you, you guys don't know. And they're like, no, we didn't know. But now that we know, we're gonna start pushing it more. So, um, so every 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 different dispensary I go to that they try to push like either the Keef those the Keef drinks or any right other on. drinks. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm looking for the fizz and only the fizz. If you don't got it, call me when you got it, and I leave. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> That's dope. I mean, yeah, dispensaries are actually, I mean, in the Bay Area, um, they even have, like, little shelves that highlight, like, equity brands or woman-owned brands. Yes. And, like, that's now becoming more of a popular thing. I've been seeing it, and it's not, like, in every dispensary, but but it's starting to become a trend. And I'm hoping that more dispensaries adopt that because it really does help the consumer make an educated decision on what they're purchasing. Um, there's... I mean, yeah, it's hard to sometimes, you know, do your research when you're in the store. You're like, damn, I just want something right now. And I don't know what, but, yeah. you know, ask your butt tenders. A lot of the time, the butt tenders, they really know what's up. They, they, they have firsthand knowledge. They talk to the, you know, the suppliers that come in and they know what's going on a lot of the time. So I would say if you want to support more women, more Latinos, whatever demographic, I would ask your butt tender. And maybe even suggest to your your favorite dispensary that maybe they should highlight that because people are interested in that. For sure. Last question. What are some projects that you guys have that you're working on that we should be looking out for? Well, Lisa shared her. I know Lisa. I know Lisa shared her new dab um, brand, but you guys got anything else that's coming down the pipeline? So we definitely like want to continue working on our 
our pro our 4G's product line, you know, and just expanding it to more dispensaries. Right now, we're sold across Stizzy's, but um, we want to go ahead and start uh, Stizzy's and Gorilla RX. Sorry, but right now we want to go ahead and you know work really work on just trying to get that into a lot more dispensaries this year. Um, we want to do juicy dabs, like I mentioned earlier, and um, we do have a few things coming up that um i don't think i can actually say yet (laughs) so i really want to but it's 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 yeah it's a few things that like i really i think identify that are going to really identify with the latino community so i'm excited to announce it when they're ready i would encourage everybody to just follow us on ig you know seventh wave ca um and we'll announce it on there when we're ready. But for sure, within the new year, we're going to, you know, build up our repertoire a little bit with our products. And then we also have um, brands that we manufacture for and distribute for, which all of them are Latino brands as well. So we have a, a topical, Powell's Cannabis Cosmetics topical. Um, we also have a, a Rated Gas, who's uh, he's Colombian. And um, it's like some really fire top shelf eights. And uh, and then the third one that we just picked up is Dope Flavors. And they're going to be coming out with um, an infused pre-roll and a few other SKUs as well. So that's what we're working on this year and just expanding that. Nice. And, and, about, and, and just to piggyback off of that, uh, Elisa, we're going to have uh, Jeff from Paul Wells oh, wow. in the building in two weeks. So for, for those that are listening that's and, and want to find out more about the brands that, that you guys are continuing to support and push. Um, we're going to have Paul Wells in the building on the 15th, I believe uh, of December. So definitely be coming through and in save the, in the date. Yep. Save that date. And we got dope flavors too coming in January as well. So I, we got dope flavors that they're scheduled to be on the show in January. So we're definitely always, you know, we're big fans of of the work that that you're doing and and always want to support you in any way we can thank you that's exciting they're really cool you know folks i'm excited for you guys get to get to know them and to just put their stories out there they both have some spectacular stories to tell you know how they got into the business and what drove them to get into the business and the projects that they're working on um i'm thinking of one in particular with paul wells like he has some innovative dope stuff coming out so try to see if you can get that out of him <laughs> i will i you definitely will, will. <laughs> what about you jesse what, what projects do we got coming down the pipeline on your end we have a lot going on um so we have our nursery in oakland for those who are license holders um and in the industry that are cultivators um we have our own proprietary genetics that are coming down. We just uh, are uh, about to release our winter menu. Um, our fall menu is still available on joyous420.com. Um, we always have the fizz, um, quickies, quick Z's, um, Fuego 415. We actually just launched Tu Amigo, which is a gram bag. Um, it's a great way so you can try new uh, strains and terpene profiles um, at, a, at a friendlier budget. And, um, and what else do we got? We got a lot of stuff going on recently. Um, we have a dispensary that we're opening up in Fairfield that we're actually really excited about, um, Fairfield, California. So that is coming soon. And when we have our opening date, I can't wait to share that with you guys. Yeah, we can't um, wait to hear else? about it. Um, 
and we have um, our our uh, topicals are coming back out on the market again because I had a little bit of a hiatus. I had stopped making it for a little bit, and we're gonna start doing that again, which is Mama J, which is a lot of pomadas, uh, different um, essential oils yeah. that are gonna help. For all that sciatic pain you got, girl, I got you. I'm going to have to send you some. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, <laughs> That's a, all the, the formulation I was using when I was pregnant, too. Um, and what else? I mean, I, we have a lot of stuff going on. But you can check out um, what we're doing on our website, uh, 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 um, I haven't. I've kind of been taking a break a little bit from IG, but I'm going to start getting back on there and posting up some stuff. But, but yeah, our, our website's our best spots check us out perfect thank you moms for making time to meet with us have this chat with us i know we have busy hectic lives we're everywhere and nowhere at once but thank you for being here yeah i definitely want to thank you ladies as well for just taking that time and you know away from the babies and or and even having the babies in the space i think that hearing the babies in the background made this episode that much more special because you know, we we are talking about parents, can of parents, and so to have the children in the background, I think that that added that extra, um, the cherry on top, for sure. Thank you guys for having us. It was fun. I'm glad to you know have spent some time with you guys and check in. It's always a pleasure checking in with y'all with jesse good to hear from you and you know hopefully we can come back i'd love to come back you know and have another episode you know whenever you guys are willing always you guys are always welcome to to come in and now that we know that we can do this virtually done deal done deal let's do it let's do it (laughs) so we're gonna close out we'll do a a catch-up and so we can on new projects but thank you so much for having us i really really appreciate it um, and I'm so excited to see what is coming up with you guys. I can't wait for the baby. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited too. Um, I'm excited. I know I don't show it that much, but I'm excited, <laughs> but I, right, we're going to close out here guys for everyone listening again. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of said connects. We record live every Monday at four twenty, live from the TGN Latinx station and also listening in through the Good News Radio app. Make sure to download the app if you haven't done so already. Or if you're viewing us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel or to the TGN Latinx channel uh, so you can get updated on all our episodes and you'll, you'll, get, the def- you'll get those notifications on when we're live. Uh, but again, we're, we're live every Monday at 4.20 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure to follow us at said C-E-D. Uh, connects on Instagram and Facebook. Our episodes will stream on Spotify and Apple every Wednesday. Go ahead, jump in, jump uh, in. Oh, I, th- I thought you were we doing double dutch. Right oh, okay, here. my bad, my bad. Uh, we're going to give a special shout out to our social equity sponsors. That's Seventh Wave, Four Gs, and Elisa's here. Then we heard <laughs> a, we heard a lot about that. Also, Joyous Four Twenty with Jesse. And Fuego 415. And then we also want to give a special thanks to Bianca Star Agency as our other social equity sponsor. Um, 
Also, one of the other sponsors that we didn't bring up earlier, but it's Grass Door. We have Grass Door Delivery as another sponsor. If you want to go ahead and have your cannabis delivered to you, go ahead and check out grassdoor.com and use said connects at checkout and you'll receive 20% off your first three deliveries. Again, that's grassdoor.com and you use said connects, C-E-D connects at checkout and you'll receive 20% off your first three deliveries. Um, again, thank you, ladies, for joining us. Yes, we really you. appreciate you for coming through. Um, you guys have any last words? All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, <laughs> the baby was like losing it a little bit, but nice. <laughs> oh, no, I just wanted to say again, thank you guys for having us. I appreciate it. And, you know, I had fun and everybody have a good night and have a great week. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, with that being said, we'll see everyone next week. Thank you guys for tuning in.